yes. Ooh, it's going to be a fun day today. I can feel it. Thank you, brother. I can feel it. It's going to be a good one. Um, Core Church, everyone feeling good today? You braved the snow, feeling good? I love snow. We were just in Miami, and I'm like, listen, it's kind of colder in Miami. Maybe it was like 65, and I was like, man, this isn't like sunny and warm. I was like, I want to see some snow again. So I'm back in Pittsburgh. Love being back home with you guys. Hey, I can't see people's faces. I need to see how beautiful y'all are. Can I get a light? Can I get one light, please? Gorgeous. There we go. There we go. I love it. I love it. Hey, um, I want to encourage you. Today we're going to be talking about the Word of God. Go ahead and get some notes right in front of you. Take some notes so you can remember what's happening Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, today, as you heard, we're going to be talking about the mind. Someone say the mind, the mind, the mind, the mind. And, and, and I'm really excited to be talking about this today. This series, this is the year of an obsession with His Word. There's really no theme other than we're going to allow the Word of God to shape us. We're going to allow the Word of God to speak to us. We're going to allow the Word of God to lead us day in and day out. And I just want to go through some several things all throughout this series and just show you, show me that the Word of God is alive and it does some powerful things. Amen, church. And so I want to encourage you, if you got your Bibles, get your Bibles out today. We're going to be jumping into it. You got it on your phone. That would be awesome. We always start with this verse. 2 Timothy 3 puts it like this. What's it like this? All scripture is God-breathed. This was written by God and written to you. It was not man who could make this up. This story that is so eloquent, this story that is so beautiful, this story that saves could not be written by man. It was only written by him. It was only written by him. So this is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It's used to instruct you and me how to follow him with our whole life. So that the servant of God, you and me, that we may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God has an incredible plan for you. God wants to do amazing things through you. I'll tell you what, he wants to change the world. And he's going to use average, ordinary people like us. But the way that we do it is not on our own inclination. Nick Miller doesn't have enough good ideas. I can't make decisions real well. This is the place where we have our foundation set. Amen, church? So every good work, this is where it comes from. The Word of God equips us for our entire journey. The Word of God will equip you for your entire journey. So we have a big encouragement for you. Jump in the Word with us. We have these core code nights, as, as Chris was just talking about. It's a way to get on the same page with taking notes and, and diving into the Word of God and discovering what He has to say for us. There's Bibles in the back. We, we got NIV study Bibles. So that way, has anyone ever been like reading the Bible and they're like, what is this thing, okay? Especially if you read New King James. God bless your heart if you can do it, okay? But we have an NIV study Bible that breaks down what things mean to make it simple and easy for us to all understand. And so I just want to encourage you. The Word of God equips you for your journey. Please start jumping in on it. Please start jumping in on it. Don't merely listen to the Word. It's really easy to come to church, really easy to put a podcast on, and hear some imperfect Nick Miller tell you how to live. It's really easy to listen. I think it's a whole different thing when we do. It's a whole different lifestyle when we actually live out what the Word instructs us to do. Don't merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. How do, you know what it, how do you know what to do if you don't know what it says? How do you know what to do if you don't know what it says? You can take Nick Miller's word for it. I'm in perfect man, and I'm learning more and more every day. 
This is perfect. Do what this says. I love the second half of this verse. Can we put this whoever? But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, into the word of God that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. They will be blessed in what you do. You will be blessed as you follow what the word instructs. You will find health, restoration. You will find favor. You will find so many great, amazing, heavenly things as we do what it says to do. It is a blessing to read, and it is a blessing to live what is written in these pages. There are places in the world that you are not allowed to have this. Can you imagine? You're not allowed to have the foundation of our faith in our hands. It's a blessing to be able to read these pages. This is the year of being obsessed with his word. And so wherever you're at, maybe you've read the word your whole life, or maybe you're hearing this message is like, oh, I don't even know if I have a Bible at home. Wherever you're at, let's begin on this journey together. Let's read and become obsessed with this word that instructs us. Amen, church. So today we're talking about the mind. If you've read the word of God or if you listen to some messages, this is one of the most famous verses found in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Someone say transformed. Transformed. There we go. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing. Renewing is an active verb. It is happening. It is happening. The renewing of your mind. It is in process of being renewed. Then you will be able, and so I, I forever, when I was a little bit younger and, and, and I started really jumping into the word and started catching on to some things, I always ended Romans 12 2 with this period right here, by the renewing of your mind. I always ended there. And I just feel like recently I've, I, I ran over this again and I, I finished the statement. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is for your life. Who wants to walk according to his will in this place? If you do, we have some mind stuff that we got to find some renewal in. We got some mind things that might be blocking us from seeing, testing, and approving what his will is for our life. Let's say this, that sometimes my mind gets in the way of his will. Is anyone with me? Yeah. Mm, I really like this chick. She's super hot. Doesn't go to church, though. But you're like, oh, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Maybe she can find, I'll just bring her to youth group. Like, you know what I mean? I've done that. What God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I love that it says perfect. He has a perfect will for your life. There's so much grace because we fall all the time. Don't beat yourself up if it's not following the perfect will. But my goodness, God has a beautiful plan for you, and there is conflict in our mind with that beautiful plan. Amen? There's a beautiful plan for you. So his word, talking about being obsessed with his word, his word renews our mind, and it shows us his way. It shows us his way. So I want to I start with, with something that um, I feel very conflicted about, I might cry about, because... I think uh, one of the the funnest, most beautiful thing, I said funnest, that's funny. Um, One of the funnest, most beautiful things in the world is being a parent. It's a joyful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's crazy. (laughs) Thank you, Trish. Amen. You're sitting right next to your daughter. Amen. (laughs) It's crazy. Having a child, it's wild. And then you know what's even more insane? 
They trust me with a child. I'm an imperfect, crazy person. You think I know how to care for this little thing? And so being a parent, it's a wonderful journey. Oh, my gosh, the love that you have in your heart, it just explodes. Something happens to you. you I, honestly, you discover more of God's heart for you. It's a really, it's a really beautiful experience. And so we have two little ones. If you don't know uh, about me, I have a little boy. His name is Warren. He is four years old. They say that terrible twos are a real thing. It is real. Threes are worse. It's worse. And then four, it's like, is this going to get any better? Is it, what's happening here? I'm duped, okay? And so, so Warren, he's, he's going into his four stage. He's independent. He loves doing his own thing, but he's got a will. Like, he's got a strong will. And then I have, and excuse me, but the only way that I can say it is Baba Goral, okay? I got my Baba Goral, okay? I know, super, oh, just mushy-gushy. She's my Baba Goral, okay? And so... I love my baby girl. She's nine months old. We, uh, we just left for Miami, and uh, we came back, and she was at grandparents' house. She gained four pounds, folks. She was eating it, uh, okay? <laughs> little chunkster filling up them chipmunk cheeks. I just bite her. I, I, I don't know. I don't understand. I'm telling you. I, I, it's, it's weird. You know what it is to be a parent. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. But it is a trying thing. So, um, and I try really hard. And I'm not perfect. And uh, I have thoughts about what it is to be a dad. I had wonderful parents showing me the way. And I'm imperfect and I mess up. One thing that's been happening with Warren is he has a strong will. Yeah, he has a strong will. Um, and it's a beautiful quality. I think it's amazing. That means whenever push comes to shove, he's going to go. I love it. I can't wait to see that. On the other hand... It is really hard to instruct and raise. And so I've been battling with Warren. My wife is very, um, she's not soft. Emmy is not soft, okay? But she, she is tenderhearted towards Warren and towards Kennedy. Still instructive, still disciplinary, but she is tenderhearted. Me, I'm just like, get your jacket on right now! And Warren has been testing me so much that perhaps my patience is gone. And where there is joy, I can feel anger creeping in. And I, I, I feel frustrated. And here is this little boy who is learning life, discovering new things. My goodness, we were painting a helicopter, and he was on cloud nine. Little toy helicopter. But there was one night we had some company over. And, and here's the thing. Warren, I haven't seen this yet, but, but this happened. Um, that I think Warren is starting to become jealous of, of Kennedy and our attention. My bubble girl, all right? Jealous for our attention. And remember, I've been impatient. I'm trying to teach him boundaries. I'm trying to teach him how to communicate. And so we had company over, and I was sitting on the couch. We were having a great conversation. I was hanging out with Kennedy. I was giving my attention to friends. And Warren comes over. And, and he, so, like, he puts his hand in, like, my face. I'm like, brother, no, all right? Keeps coming at me, dad, dad, ba 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 in my face. And I said, don't bug me anymore. Get away. I said that to my son. I know that there's way worse things to be said in life. But I felt, 
I felt at that moment that I fell a little bit short of the calling that's been placed on my life as his father to lead and to love him. And it was a little moment. But those little moments mean something to him. And they will build character in him. And there is consequence for that. And the fruit of the Spirit is patience. And I certainly have not been patient with him. And so with that anger entering my mind, God's intention for me, and again, there is a perfect, there's no perfect fathers. But with the anger and the impatience that is creeping into my mind, God's will for my fathering has been hurt. Are you guys tracking along with what's happening? The anger has replaced the patience that I'm supposed to have with him. So that whenever he does need my attention, I can get on his level and say, hey, buddy, let me teach you about social contexts. And let me walk with you through what this means. So instead of being instructing, teaching, and loving, I respond with anger and I push him away. And it burdened me. That my mind is taking over what I'm called to do. A little thing. All you said, Nick, was you're bugging me. Get away. But that's a big thing. That is a big thing. Not a big thing of, of necessarily the words, but what's going on in my mind. The anger is becoming big. And that anger will hurt my family. That anger will hurt my capacity to lead. That anger might hurt my relationship with my son. Are you all tracking with me today? Does this make sense? That God has a perfect, beautiful plan for me in my house as father, as husband. And if this pattern of mind, if this pattern of thinking continues to go on, we're going to run into some trouble. So I took a little vacation, and I got a little breath of fresh air. And honestly, this morning, you guys didn't get to see it, but I was holding him during worship practice. I just missed him. That felt good. I said I was sorry in his ear. He doesn't know for what. He's just four. He just runs around and plays Legos. But I said sorry for me in my mind. If we aren't careful, our thoughts can overwhelm our life. If we aren't careful, our thoughts can overwhelm our life. Now, I'm talking about anger. Let me talk a little bit about anxiety. There is a, 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 an anxiety that has happened, especially with COVID. Oh, my goodness. It is debilitating. There are people giving up on dreams. There's people who aren't talking to anyone, building relationships, stepping forward in life. Not even COVID, but let's go before that. There's people who stay up in the night and they're crippled with fear. Stress. There's an overwhelming amount of stress to make sure everything happens the way it needs to all the time. And we bear this burden and all that happens is we crash in a crazy, crazy way. And everything around us starts to fall apart. All the business stuff, all the family stuff, when this stress is so overwhelming, it all falls apart. Am I speaking to anyone? Fear. Let me use an example. There might be that person in your life that God is pulling you to, to be in relationship with, to maybe marry one day. Oh, but I don't want to put myself out here. The rejection. That's such a little example. But do you understand 
all these thoughts that go through our mind, they can overwhelm our life. They can overwhelm our life. And so God has a beautiful plan for you and for me, but our thoughts can get in the way, right? Right? Right. And so the big question for today is, do you want your mind to align with his? That's the question. I want my mind to think like his mind does. When Warren comes up and puts his hand in my face, da, 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 ah, I don't want to think like that. I want to be able to get onto his level and to love him and to be patient with him and generous towards him like heaven would be. It's hard. So today we're going to be talking about our mind. And this is the very confusing thing because we, some of us in our room, we, we've given our life to Jesus. So, hey, I, Jesus, I've given you everything. Here's my heart. I believe that you died and rose again for me. Why is this still hard? Am I talking to anyone? Why is this still hard? Why am I so anxious all the time? I don't feel like I can step forward. I have so much fear. But I know Jesus, and I've invited him. I'm reading Nick. Why? I got to tell you, Jesus, this this is why. Remember, I talked about that, the renewing of our mind. That's an action verb. Stuff is still processing. Let Let me give you truth. Jesus didn't come to stop the external struggles. But he came to perfect the internal state. So we'll be facing fearful situations forever. Stuff will happen. COVID things will go on. Businesses will be hurt. Family tension will occur. There will be threats. There will be fear. There will be things happening all the time. There might be someone who steals your car one day. I hope that doesn't happen to you. Stuff happens, though. He didn't come to stop the external struggle. When he comes again, that's when it's done. He came right now to perfect the internal state. But we have a couple things going on inside of us. I love what it says in Ezekiel, and this is about the prophecy. When Jesus comes, this is what he will do. This is what God will do. I will give you a new what? Heart. That's this organ here. Not this organ. I will give you a new heart. And a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone the heart that is broken, the heart that is inclined towards sin, the the heart that makes a mess of our own life, I will remove that heart and give you a heart of flesh, true, uh, true human heavenly heart. I will give that to you. That's what Jesus is going to do. And for those who have professed him as their Lord and Savior, that's what he has done. He's given you a new heart, but that's this organ, not this organ. So our heart, our heart has been made whole, yet it is our mind that continues to transform. This is where it comes in. So you have been made right in your heart. But our mind still struggles. Our mind is still hurting. So this is where Paul comes in and says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing action, the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to see, to test, and to approve what God's will is. So as our mind, let's say this, as our mind finds renewal, as our mind perhaps aligns more with heaven, as our our mind is filled more with the word, we might see more of what God's will is for our life. 
you might see those moments. Has anyone ever had it on their heart? I don't know, but I feel like I need to go pray for them, or I feel like I need to go give to them, or oh, I don't know what's there's a pressing on your heart. God's trying to instruct you, and it's our mind. I don't know if I should. I'm afraid that I might think I'm weird, right? You get what I'm saying? So we're in this mind battle. And as we clean up our mind and renew it according to the word of God and to the spirit of God in us, we will be able to see clearer what he wants to do. Does anyone want that clarity today? That's what we want. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. This... This transformative process, it requires intentionality. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul is commanding you to do it. You be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, we have to ask for it. It's going to be between us, the Spirit of God, and the Word of God. And so I want to say this, and this is one of my favorite scriptures, 2 Corinthians 10, 4. If you are writing notes, this is huge. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. If you've got a stronghold of anxiety today, it can be destroyed. If you've got a stronghold of stress today, it can be destroyed. If you've got anger that is overwhelming and you've tried everything, it can be destroyed. If you've got fear today, it can be destroyed. Amen, church? And if we're going to clap, we're going to clap. But listen, this is really cool. This is really cool. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. That sounds a little bit like a debate, right? That sounds like a cerebral thing, right? Because there's going to be arguments and lofty opinions thrown against what you know God says... And how can we fight back? With the word and with the spirit of God teaching us. That's how we fight back. That's how we swing back. Raised against the knowledge of God. And so this is our action. We take every thought captive to obey Christ. How do you know that you can take that fear captive? you got to find it in the word. How do you know that you can cast aside that anxiety, give him all your burdens? That's in the word of God. You won't know that, and you won't know how to do that if you don't know the Word of God. I can give you some inspiration and say, do this. No, no, no. Find it in the Word. And so I want to turn with you. If you can go to Romans 8. Oh, we're going to be jumping in, and and I, I hope that this encourages you today. We are encouraged, with all of that being said, knowing that this is a battle that's going on, that we fight it against the knowledge and the lofty opinions, knowing that we can turn to the Word and we can allow the Spirit of God to move in us. We are encouraged to let the Spirit take control. That's a tough word, control. Of our thoughts and our mind. We are encouraged To let the Spirit of God take control. Sounds simple, but it's difficult, huh? I did not want the Spirit of God to take control of that conversation with Warren right in my grill. Nope, I was not consulting the Spirit of God on what to do there. Says this in Romans 8, verse 5. Those who live according to the nature, the sinful nature, have their minds set on what nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit will have their minds set on what the Spirit's, what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death. That anger that comes in, it doesn't lead to any fruit. 
that anxiety that weighs on you day in and day out, it does not produce anything good. But the mind controlled, I underline this, and this is so huge, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. That's what I would pray for you and for me today, that we would allow the spirit to control our mind. And then that life and that peace would overwhelm whatever anger, anxiety, depression, fear, doubt, anything, shame, insecurity, anything that's going on. It's replaced with life and peace. Amen, church? The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's an interesting statement. The mind that is set on nature does not submit to this. And we're talking about the word of God and how powerful it is. Y'all seeing this? So if you want your mind to be spirit-led, it needs to submit to this too. Does not submit nor to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. What did Romans 12 say? It said, know God's perfect and pleasing and good will. Hmm. Here's a huge question for you and for me throughout this week. Can we begin to ask the spirit what he desires and what he thinks? Just, and, and, and that sounds so simple. But in those moments of stress, and we all know where those trigger points are. For me, it's when Warren gets in my face. Instead of reacting right away, can I ask the Spirit what he wants to do? That sounds so practical and easy, but can you imagine if you would include the Spirit of God on these stressful moments, what would happen to your life? Living a life controlled, a mind controlled by the Spirit of God. It would change everything. The Scripture goes on. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. And if the Spirit of God lives in you, uh, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. That's, that's a theological statement. Let me give some clarity. When you give your life to Jesus, two things happen. A, your eternal place is found in heaven. You are with him to the end of days for all eternity. The second thing that happens is that Ezekiel verse. That heart of stone is replaced with this Spirit of God. And so... Uh, let, let me go over that. So he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. Because of righteousness. And this is, this is the powerful part. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. He will give life to all of the other organs in you which means life to your mind as well, through his spirit who lives in you. So this is, this is the huge encouragement for today. There will be freedom in your mind, and there will be life through the spirit in you. That's how we find it, the spirit of God in you, the spirit of in you. And that's how we find life. And I, I, again, I pray that there would be life and peace in our mind, so that those situations that come up, and again, Warren, I said a simple little comment, but man, be transformed so that way we can walk according to his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So one thing, there's a couple more things I want to say today. Our mind is being perfected. Please don't beat yourself up if throughout this week you try and you give it your all. 
and you invite the Spirit to move and you read, maybe you read two or three times and you're jumping in and you're trying, understand that you're being perfected. You're not perfect tomorrow. It's a process. This renewal thing is a process. I'll tell you what, this anxiety thing, it might, it might take some work. This negative thought thing, it might be retraining process. Process. Someone say process. process. It's being perfected. Our mind is being perfected. And so I'm, I'm choosing to try everything I can to allow the Spirit of God to move in those conversations with Warren, but I'm also choosing to give myself grace when it doesn't work out perfect. Our mind, it's being perfected. And so I have a couple questions for you. Are you filling your mind with mess? Are we filling our mind with mess? If we want to get better and we want to find that our, our mind is healing, it's aligning with the word of God, it's, it's, it's growing and, and the anger stuff, the stress stuff, all of those things, if we want to see that stuff dissipate from our minds, I got a question. We can start with this. Are you filling your mind with mess? Let me give you an example. Sometimes someone hurts us, and there's unforgiveness in our heart. And this unforgiveness doesn't last two days, but two decades. Let me ask you, how healthy do you think your mind is going to be when you fixate on that one thing that that person did for 20 years? But you can't stop the pattern. You don't know what they did to me. They wronged me. They hurt me. And you go through this each and every day. You wake up. You think about it. Boom, boom, boom. It keeps hitting your mind. And eventually you got to look at yourself and say, that's enough. Maybe there was a bad relationship, still in love, still hurt by everything. And, and this is going to be a really bold statement, but you follow all their socials. You ask all of their friends all the time how they're doing. And you just want to know everything that's happening. And you're filling your mind with perhaps what doesn't need to be there. We can fill our mind with mess. I can go away from that conversation from Warren and saying, this kid annoys me. And I can keep beating up this thing over and over and over and fill it with more mess, mess, mess. So are we filling it with more mess? Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Amen. That's a practice. That is a tangible thing for you and for me to do. There are things that are happening on earth, things that have happened in the past, things that are messed up, things that are broken, and we got to set our mind on things above. That is like an actual practice thing. That's, that is an intentional act by you and by me. And so I can fixate on how frustrating Warren has been in this season of change for him, or I can start seeing him and praying to see him as God sees him. And I can set my mind on things above, not on things that are on earth. Finally, brothers, this is Philippians 4. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And you can think about, oh, man, like, let's say, let's say, like, split family. It's really hard to navigate through that. And you can think about the mistakes that you, can, you made. You can think about the, the mistakes that your former spouse made and be really angry. Or you can celebrate what is in your hands right now and the beautiful child that you have and the wonderful connections you're making in community. 
you can think about heavenly things or you can fixate on your ex-spouse that ruined your life. What do you think is going to produce more fruit? What do you think is going to change the course of your life? I think both are going to change the course of your life. Just one's going to be incredible and one's not. So think about heavenly things. Stop thinking about the mess. And I know that that's a really hard thing sometimes. And we can fixate on some things. But are you filling your mind with mess? Next thing I want to ask you, are we replacing broken thoughts? This is a huge point. Not only stopping what I'm thinking, not only stopping what is filling my mind, but actually replacing with that which is helpful, with that which is healthy. Listen to what Jesus, Jesus prays for you and for me. He's praying for his disciples. Listen to what he's, this little tiny part, it says in John 17, it says, sanctify them by the truth. Sanctify means to become more holy. It means to become more like Jesus. To live like him. Sanctify them. Grow them by your truth. What is truth? His word. Your word is truth. You want to look more like him? You want to see your thoughts align with heaven? You want to become more holy and watch that which is broken become restored? You will be sanctified by the truth. This is the truth. This is the truth. So if that thing is just weighing on you, start including more of the word in your life and watch what happens when the truth enters your mind. If you hold to my teaching, my teaching, if you hold to my teaching, you will really be my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will what? Set you free. It will set you free. So that stronghold that has been holding you down, that unforgiveness that has been weighing in your heart for 20 plus years, the anxiety that keeps you up in the middle of the night, the anger that just frustrates you and invades every time you interact with your kids. This truth, his teachings, ultimately we saying no one, no one but Jesus, Jesus will set you free. And again, I said this earlier, but lastly, I would say we need to invite the Spirit of God daily. Someone say daily. Daily. This is a daily thing. Please don't be lackadaisical about this. Please don't miss this. We need to invite God constantly into our thoughts and into our mind. If we want to find this healing going on up here, like I said, we got a new heart, but we still got this organ going on up here. We have to invite the Spirit of God daily into our mind and our thoughts. Jesus says this to his disciples. They were worried. They were like, Jesus was talking about going to the cross, dying and rising again, but leaving. And they were freaked out. Jesus, we need you. We need you always. You can't leave us. Very rational thing to say, actually. And he promises the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, to come. When the Spirit of truth, when the Spirit of truth comes... He will what? He will guide. Someone say guide. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will guide you in this truth. Let me, let me say something maybe that, um, that, that might be powerful for you. Um, sometimes we can read the Bible, and it feels like words on a page. I think we can also invite the Spirit of God into our Bible reading time. 
because we can feel like it's reading a page. Holy Spirit, when I read Romans 8, what do you want to show me? And you might read, and you might read for five minutes, and you might just read one verse, but that one verse does something to your life and changes your whole mindset. And the reason I'm preaching this message to you today is because I need to hear it, because I don't want to be angry towards my son anymore. He does not deserve that. I'm sharing it with you because I need to remind me. I need to remind me. And like I said, I was holding him this morning and I was doing worship practice and it was the best I've felt with him in weeks. His word, bottom line for today, his word, it renews our mind and it shows us his way. I appreciated that in the beginning of service, a lot of us were honest with the fact that mind battles are real. And so understand that we are being perfected and our mind is being transformed. Amen, church? One thing I want to do today, and we can take this off the stage. One thing I want to do today is uh, I want to invite all of us to take communion. If you've given your life to Jesus, you've declared him as your Lord and Savior, I would invite you to partake in, in communion. You got little cups and, and, I don't know, a little wafer type thing uh, when you walked in. There's this word, and the reason why I thought that this message was really cool to partner with communion is uh, there's this part in Luke chapter, can we put this up there, Danny? There was this part in Luke chapter 22 that's really, that's really cool. Yeah, Landon, you can come up here. Yeah. So if you guys would get your stuff out here. So Jesus took bread. They were sitting at this table, and Jesus is saying, hey, my time is coming to an end. Stuff's happening. But I'm going to save the world. And he's sitting at this table. He took this bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body. This is my body. And it is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. What is remember? It's a mind thing. And uh, I just think I need to remind myself, remind, <laughs> I need to remember that this body was given to make me whole. And where I am weak, the Spirit of God can invade and do amazing things. And my mind can be transformed. And so can we all take the body that was broken for us to make us whole, take and eat his body given for you. He says, do this in remembrance of me. When you think about this, when you remember what he did on the cross, when you remember the sacrifice he gave, it changes everything. How can we be angry when we remember? How can we be anxious when we remember? How can we be fearful when we remember? Remembering is a powerful thing. In the same way, hmm. After the supper, he took the cup saying, this is the cup, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Other 
parts of the Bible will say that this is for the forgiveness of your sins. So not only is he making you whole, but he is making you right with God. And you've been forgiven. Can we remember his forgiveness today? Take and drink. Thank you, Jesus. We remember. We tell our mind to remember what you've done. We tell our mind to remember the body that you gave, the blood that you poured for the forgiveness, for the righteousness, for the holiness, for the, the, to make right which is broken, which is me. God, I pray that our mind would be restored. I pray that our, our, our thoughts would be made new, that we would be renewed in our mind. God, we allow you to transform our thoughts. We allow you to transform our ways. We allow you to transform us from the inside out. And it begins, <laughs> Jesus, it begins with remembering what you've done. God, we thank you that you are involved in our mind, that you can be invited in and you want to be a part of changing us from the inside out. Today, we give you control. Someone say, I give you control. I give you control of my mind. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Hey, let's all stand.